Welcome to Dear Nina, conversations about friendship, the ups and the downs. You're listening to episode 14. Today's episode, furthering of the discussion from episode 13, when we talked about really what it takes to make new friends. And it doesn't matter if you're in a new city, if you've been in the same city for 70 plus years, if you're in a new stage of life, this is all helpful. The reason this topic continues is because so many people are challenged with not just making new friends, but feeling deeper and closer relationships with the friends you have. And that's really what we're focusing on today is not necessarily meeting new people, but taking people you already know and going to the next level and feeling like you have more of a community. We're not going to solve it in 25 minutes, but we're just continuing the conversation. Like all friendship discussions, there are some similar themes of being willing to make the effort of going out of your comfort zone. But we'll talk about some more things here today. Showing up to the same activity with the same people on a regular basis. I think it's why pickleball and paddleball leagues have become so popular all over the place. I personally have gotten way back into tennis after a two-decade hiatus, which is really another good way to spend time with friends. You don't really need to be good at any of it. Actually, part of the point is learning and getting better. And the reason this is what today's episode is about is because we are answering a letter from an anonymous listener today who says she has lived in the same city for 15 years. It's not that she's new. She has plenty of friends and people to do things with, like occasional outings, dinners, things like that. But she doesn't feel like she has a set community or what she refers to as a clustering of friends. And I know that there are a lot of listeners and readers from my columns over the years who feel that way. So I think it should be a discussion that helps a lot of people. I'm really excited to have Jessica Smack as my guest today to help me answer the question. Jessica is one of the co-creators of the Her Stories Project website, and Jessica and her co-editor Stephanie are the ones who first hired me in 2014 to become their friendship advice columnist, which absolutely changed my life. That's why I have this podcast. That's why I am able to really follow my number one passion subject of writing. I've written about a lot of things over the, over the years. People who don't know me may not know that I've had lots of different writing beats. I've written lots and lots about friendship, about Judaism. I had a column of Twitter tips. I've had a column about baby name advice. I guess I like to give advice, but friendship is my number one love of topics and long before I was a writer even. I, I love to read about friendship, think about it. I've written short stories about friendship that have been published. It's really my thing. And Jessica and Stephanie gave me a chance to, to really do it on a professional level. So that was back in September 2014, which was soon after they established the Her Stories Project. The Her Stories Project is much more than web, a website now. I just want to say they are a full writing and publishing community. Jessica and Stephanie have published five anthologies of personal essays of different topics, including friendship. Their most recent one, The Pandemic Midlife Crisis, Gen X Women on the Brink that just came out, full of great essays from excellent writers, all about just like living in these current times and how we are managing in midlife. It's really you know, focus on midlife women. And they, if they've done some essay writing classes and groups for midlife women, and if you're in that Gen X age group or really just uh, ahead of it or below it, I think you'd enjoy it. Jessica is from Buffalo, New York. So we are suffering similar uh, winters year by year. She's a former teacher and researcher and current co-editor of the Her Stories Project. She pours her absolute heart into that work, and she does such a good job. 
I can't tell you how grateful I am to have her in my life, to have given me such a great opportunity. Thrilled to have her here today with Dave and with me. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, Nina. So good to see your face. So for the listeners to know, Jessica is yet another internet friend of mine I've never met in person. I seem to have collected them over the years. And I guess we all have, right? In this strange writing literary community all across the world, it's not just across the country. We, a lot of us feel like we know each other really well, but we've actually never met, which is hard to believe because you and I have spoken on the phone and worked very closely for many years. Yeah, you were one of the internet friends that moved beyond into uh, texting and calls. Yeah, we like took it to the next level. Exactly. And <laughs> I, I've received letters asking how to do that. I'm going to do a whole episode on that because there is, I think, an art to it. So it doesn't always work, but when it does, it usually does for the same reasons. So we'll save that oh, for Oh, that's so fascinating. I've actually yeah. thought of that a lot. Because yeah. don't you think there's people that you may forever just be Facebook friends with, but to actually move beyond Facebook is a whole, it's a whole thing. I know. And you don't want it to be weird. I'm very grateful. I think we should delve into the question. I'm going to read it today for the listeners and then we'll discuss it together. Dear Nina, over the past 15 years, I've lived in my city, a fairly large American city, and I've felt a longing for a better community of friends. I have some nice individual friendships in town and some very close ones with people who live out of town, but it becomes abundantly clear when I'm headed back home after visits to family with tons of relatives and friends around that I'm pretty sad to come back to a place without family and without a solid community of friends. I'm married with young kids and have a few mom friends through the kids' school and some other friends. It's not that I feel a lack of friends but that hasn't really amounted into a full community or a clustering of friends. I also belong to a synagogue, but I'm not super involved there. I really just haven't found my niche there. I worked at a company for 10 years and had a really great community there that saw me through getting married and having babies. But since I left that job and had kids and started a new job, I haven't really found anything similar. I don't know if I need more friends or a community of friends or what will fill the void for me. It just seems like a daunting task to build genuine, meaningful connections with people as an adult. Any advice? Sign Ivy. Not my real name. I think we can agree Ivy's done those necessary first steps that Michelle talked about in her episode last week. She's lived there for 15 years. She knows how to connect with people. This isn't someone who is asking, how do I meet people? She has friends. More about making what she calls a clustering of friends. And I don't know. Yeah, if she's I like that word. Isn't that a good word? I think yeah. she's avoiding calling it a group because maybe a group has negative clicky connotations. A clustering, maybe I seeing it more as concentric circles, people who can do stuff together, but it's okay if some people aren't included. Right. It's not. No, it's you're, not you're right. You're right. Anything come to mind to you first and give you a well, chance to hop at it? First of all, I can very much relate to that situation. I have found myself in that situation myself. I moved to this area, Buffalo, about 10 years ago now, and I moved from the Boston area where I had pretty much lived since college. And I had really close groups of friends from college and then from work and then another, you know, sort of little tribe there. And I moved here and I, I've, I've not had any <laughs> clusterings. And I have, I have too have thought about that. You know, I miss, I miss those group dynamics where everyone sort of has, you know, common stories in the 
group and, you know, everyone has that little, you know, the little language within the group. I've yet to have it uh, here. Um, I think two things for the letter writer and for me as well. First, I think that it's just much harder at our age and you know, I'm in my 40s. I'm not sure what, but I think it's just as you get older, you're less in those sorts of groups that you did in your 20s and 30s. In my experience, when you move to a different place and everyone has sort of a lot of people grew up together, they also went to college, they move back. And I don't know if that's the situation, but when you're kind of in some, sometimes I feel like an interloper in some ways <laughs> among all these groups that have like decades of childhood experiences. And- in Minnesota, we call ourselves a same, very similar, okay, to what you're saying in Buffalo. In Minneapolis, we call ourselves, those of us who did not grow up here, I've been here 20 years and we still call ourselves transplants. And I'd oh, say- yeah. Yeah. Do you guys use that word? I just call myself a new person. Yeah. I've been here for 10 years. (laughs) It's a very common expression here. I mean, I have a handful of friends who are not from here and I've also seen it in articles about Minnesota. The the word transplant, like I didn't come up with that as a way to describe people not from here. I mean, I know that is an actual word, but people use it regularly. Transplants to Minnesota, transplants to Minneapolis. It's our newcomer. Yeah, a newcomer. But a newcomer is more really just got here. Transplants for anyone not born here. And that's different than maybe a big city where people don't differentiate themselves from whether they were born there or not, especially if you've lived here like like Ivy 15 years. Well, she's not here. She well, actually, she could be, but I don't feel like people call Minneapolis a large American city. I'm guessing Chicago, New York, L.A., Miami. Like, that's what I'm thinking. So one idea I have for you, actually, and for our letter writer, creating the opportunity for a clustering, because you said something important, which is there aren't as many, well, I don't know if you said there aren't as many opportunities. You said it just doesn't happen as much in your 30s and 40s that you have an obvious group, you know, college and, and jobs, especially now with COVID, even if you are working, you're not necessarily going to the office, that you lose that opportunity for socializing and for having obvious socializing. So I think the person who is really feeling a void about having some sort of cluster or group of friends, because not everyone feels that void, but if you do then I think it's up to you to create the opportunities. And it doesn't have to be a regular ongoing thing. My idea, and I really thought about it as I was reading the question, is to create pop-up opportunities. The way retail sort of had these like pop-up shops, there might be a bakery that does like a pop-up thing or some sort of farm to table does a pop-up. Like we've seen this trend over the years. I once in Minneapolis, it didn't lead to a group of friends, but I still like the idea. And I already had a group of friends, so I didn't need it. But I think it would be a great idea to do a pop-up book club or a pop-up cooking club where it's not something you sign up for for the year. You're not asking somebody to commit to every third Thursday for the year. It's one time about one great book, like maybe some books coming out that people in your area might be interested in. You organize a book club just around that book. Because it would bring out people who might have similar interests. But that way, if the chemistry is not great, that's okay. You'll do a different one a different time. You try you try it again with different people. It could be some sort of sports thing. Like, okay, we're going to do a pickleball tournament, even though we're all beginners. And we're going to have a teacher come and teach us. And those who like it might come again in two weeks. But no one has to commit. I don't know. What do you think about that? I like. I, I had a sim- kind of similar idea. I thought, I think the key is to find a group of people where they don't have a shared history, where everyone's coming to the table at the same level. (laughs) You know, like I was thinking maybe join train for a 5k or do something like that, where everyone's just coming together and there's no 
all the people like in my situation where everyone is like, oh, I know you from high school. Everyone is just basically strangers. And then you form a relationship around this shared activity. Yeah, so, right. Exactly. The, it's the book. It's the running. It's the wanting to learn to make a certain kind of dish that is bringing you together. But well, the 5K is a longer commitment, but that definitely would form relationships. It's just I some both are good ideas. Something more long term, like training, and then something really short term, like learning to cook one thing. What I like about the short term is if it's just you're not feeling it, like life is so short and we don't want to commit to something necessarily for the full year, you say, Oh, that was fun, that was great. And maybe you don't need to well, organize it again. I guess for me, it's extremely rare for me to actually feel it. <laughs> after one thing, like I That's am the fair. sort of person, kind of an introvert. And so maybe that first meeting is not enough for me to gauge what's going on in this group. I like the idea of repeated encounters <laughs> over a, long, a longer period of time. Yeah, that's a great point. The common denominator in both of these situations, whether you're someone's going to plan something, whether it's you or Ivy are going to plan something with a group, the common concept is you being the facilitator. I think that is a huge key thing, creating ongoing opportunities to make deeper connections. And it might be with people you already know, but just barely know. So it might be people who have, are at the same school or people you're in a local Facebook group with. Michelle brought up some great points last week about using Facebook, using it for what it's good for, which is quickly getting a message out to people who live near you. So it just, this would be a local thing. You're not trying to, this is not for internet friends. It's for people you might not know that well. Maybe you've seen them around. It's probably not for brand new people. I mean, it could be, it could be. But sometimes these organizing an event for people you vaguely know, but don't know that well. Because this is, again, not necessarily about making new friends. It's about making closer friends, which are two different skills. But I learned from episode three with Pam Moore when we talked about, it was titled The Friend Who Never Initiates Contact. Mm -hmm. Most people feel that nobody reaches out. A lot of people feel they're the ones that reach out. There's no way that it's possible that everyone is the one who reaches out. That's just not true. Some people do get reached out to. But we sort of came to the conclusion that it's okay if you're the one who reaches out. And if anything, the people who reach out are the people who have plans. It sure would be nice if, to be the receiver of all the invitations, but most people are not the receiver of all the invitations. Most people have to issue invitations. I think that is another really key thing is to be the organizer, even though it's annoying, even though it can be really annoying to be the one to collect the Venmo for the person who's coming to teach you how to play Mahjong or you know whatever it is that you're planning to have to send out the emails, send out the reminders, even maybe host the space. Let's say it's a cooking thing or a book club thing. Like maybe you have to volunteer to host. If it's COVID times, we might have to be creative and have it be outside. Maybe you need to get a heat lamp. You have like, or find <laughs> a place that has like a patio with a heater or whatever it is. If you're the organizer, you got to be willing to really do it and follow up, put yourself out there. It's so hard to organize things because nobody wants to put themselves out there and have nobody show up. The only way is to to keep trying and try again. Have you seen this work in action? Have you seen someone create a, organically like this, a group of friends that um, I did close? something interesting that wasn't for me. It was really for other people because I really already had an established group of friends. But I created a couple years ago, I had 18 different challah baking classes in my home. This is pre-COVID times. So it's probably more than a couple years ago. I'm, I'll bet it's already five four or five years ago. And it was interesting. It wasn't intended to be ongoing at all. And it actually was not ongoing with the same people, but it was really organic. I myself wanted to learn to make challah 
in my own house. I'm just the kind of person, it doesn't help me personally to go to someone else's house and see it with their baking sheets and their mixing cups. I want it to be in my kitchen on my counter. I got a teacher, uh, Sephora Leah Kalatsky in town. She's amazing. I put it up on Facebook really organically. I figured if she's coming to my house, I had a big counter. We might as well offer it to other people. I said, I have four spots. Anyone who wants to come, great. It filled up immediately with people I know, not people I'm close friends with, but just like people I know in town. It was who, because that's who I'm Facebook friends with, is people I at least have met. They came. Other people were like, oh, we would love to do that. Can you do another one? I said, okay. Like, I wasn't looking to make a group of friends, but I said, sure. So I did another one a couple weeks later. And I'd put the pictures up with the holla and everybody was really into it. And then I would get these comments. Can you do another one? Can you do an, I ended up making a sign up genius. All these local women would come and sign up and they didn't know each other. I do think some friendships were made between other people. I wouldn't say a group of friends per se that I know of. I've seen, I guess this is another like Jewish related one, but I've seen a group of friends form from people who show up on Saturday mornings at synagogue when their kids were little, their kids are older now. I know your running idea is, is a really good one. I think something where there's a shared goal that does end. So it's not like you're going to meet to run forever. You run this 5k, like there is an end point. I think there's something about an end point and then you can stay friends after. I, and you can scared. keep running. Right. <laughs> you can keep yeah, running. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, you know, train next time to run a longer distance or can just sign up for other 5Ks. I had um, a couple comments from readers. I often will put out the question in my newsletter and also on my Facebook group, which is just called Dear Nina, the group. I don't do it always, but sometimes I'll put out the questions early to get other ideas and suggestions from listeners and readers. I really love this one from another Minneapolis transplant. She said it was okay to say that she was in Minneapolis. I'm going to read you her comment and we can see if we get any ideas from that. She says, hi, Nina. About three years ago, I found myself alone since my two closest friends had moved away. We were all transplants, like she and her friends, to Minneapolis 30 years ago. Our families became holiday families, and our children loved the connection. It was hard when they moved. It was like starting over. Even though plenty of people are friendly, it can still feel lonely and difficult. About the same time that my friends moved, I noticed on Facebook that many women my age played mahjong, and I thought this might be a good way to socialize with other women. I asked on Facebook if anyone was also looking to learn and if anyone was willing to teach us. Through that same Facebook feed, a woman wrote in the comments, once you learn, let me know and you can join our pickup group. So I learned, and then I reached out to that woman who had offered the opportunity of a pickup game. Little did I know that two of the women from that new group, also transplants, would become my dear friends. The friendship happened organically and it was still, and it is still growing, but I am so grateful for my new little group of friends. We play mahjong, we have lunch, we go for walks and spend holidays together with our spouses and our grown kids if they're in town. I'm not going to lie, I have known these two women peripherally for 20 years, but I never thought they would be more than acquaintances. I'm so grateful for my two new girlfriends who I dearly love, enjoy being with, and can't wait to see how our friendship develops. This whole experience taught me to be open to all opportunities and try something three times before making a decision. I also learned that our lives evolve and people change and not to make judgments about others until you actually know them on a deeper level, since they may be a whole different person than the person you thought they were just in passing. What'd you think about that? I like that. I like that. I was thinking how maybe Ivy needs to also, yeah, be open to new possibilities, but also realize that in this phase of life, you know, 
friendships are going to be different and that possibly she's putting a little bit too much pressure on herself to reproduce the types of friendships that you had much earlier in your life. I mean, you're never going to have certainly create close friendships in a group, but you're never going to have decades and decades of bonding or you're not going to, it's not going to be the same as your college friendships, people who knew you when you were 18 years old and you know, you know what I mean? Like, yes, it's, yes. A, it's okay that friendships evolve, the types of friendships you have evolve and change. And, it, and it's okay that your friendship groups aren't quite as intense and like all consuming as they were in your 20s. It's hard for it to be when you when you have kids at home. Another thing I took away from this comment from the woman who's been in Minneapolis for 30 years, she has grown kids now. So she has that new energy for really mm-hmm. pouring herself into this new group. I also liked how she pointed out that she actually knew the two women that are really close friends. She's known them for 20 years, just not well. So there's something to this idea that doesn't always have to be starting from absolute zero. There may be people out there like in Ivy's world, in your world, that never seemed like your kind of person. I mean, that happens. We do. We all judge a little bit. It doesn't mean that you didn't like them. You were kind of like, eh, you know, for maybe there just wasn't great chemistry or just your lives didn't cross enough to make it worth going to the next level. Maybe those people end up coming back around. Like some, some of those little running into each other in the parking lot stuff that could go on for a a decade becomes something more later. She also used Facebook, like Michelle said last week. She used Facebook to say, and, and I said the same thing with the Hala thing, just to anyone's welcome. Who wants to play Mahjong? She didn't email people specifically. It's so it was scary like, to do that though. I know. It's, it is <laughs> brave. It is brave. I've seen other people. It's funny. Mahjong is a really popular one. And I've seen other people put themselves out there on Facebook like that? What if you get responses from people that you just like don't want to spend twice a month with playing a game? <laughs> they just become so wide, as I'm sure you experience too. I'm books and reading that there are some people that I don't want to experience talking about books with. <laughs> yeah, right. I get it. And, we, and time is so precious, right? And so like you yeah. don't want to spend that extra non-family, non-work time with people you're not excited about. Wait, one yeah, more comment. Think, oh, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, you you touched on it briefly. I've gotten to the perspective for me, and it makes me feel better. This is just having, I have pretty young kids. They're six and 10. I know that like this time is fleeting and that I see women in my neighborhood who are older, they walk together all the time. Their kids are grown. So it makes me feel better. There's another chapter for friendships coming around the corner. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I have a very close friend, Julie Burton, who you know as well. Who oh, I yeah, teach. Yeah. yeah. So I teach my classes with, we're about 10 years apart and her kids you know, are quite a bit older than mine. I see her going off on girls trips last minute and she runs a full business. She runs Modern Well where I teach classes. So she's busy with work. But even with that, she's able to do these friend things last minute that just aren't possible right now. And I, just like you're saying, it gives that glimmer of hope. Not that I would want you and Ivy to be without this thing you're looking for, but I think you made such a good point about expectations, maybe just taking the expectation and pressure down a notch so that you can feel good about the friendships you have already. Like if you have a few close friends, Ivy said she has a few close friends, being maybe okay with that for now, it's maybe not the answer she's looking for. One option is to say, maybe I don't need this group. Maybe it's not even going to work at this time. I don't know. I sometimes get a bit jealous of people who have all these friendship groups or, you know, have all these connections built. 
in my city that go back, you know, long, long time. But I also realized that I have these long distance connections that Ivy has too, that, you know, that other people don't have. I do have all these friends in different cities where I lived in my life. And those are, that's a different kind of friendship. That's not inferior, but I value those as well. Those kind of friendships, and, and I have them too, scratches an important itch being seen. So as long as you have people in your life who really know you and see you and get you and love you. It would be great if they lived in town, but I would say at least if you have them out of town, it is a thousand percent better than nothing. It really is. Somebody knows you, somebody loves you. I want to read one last comment. And this one is from my aunt Barbara. She said that I could name her Barbara King. It was such a beautiful note. And she was able to give me a perspective from someone several stages ahead of us, Ivy ahead of you, Jessica, and ahead of me. Uh, She wrote, moving to Kansas City from Chicago 50 years ago, I sought to create friendships. I was often hasty in my choices. Looking back, I was trying to find people to fill the image I had of what a friendship looked like. Many attempts ended because I was forcing the friendship. The lasting friendships evolved over time, and none of them went from a few enjoyable counters directly to best friends. My enduring relationships today are the result of me working on me my quirks, my hidden agenda, my becoming authentically me and offering you, my friend, the same gift of introspection and growth. Too often, I've wanted the other person to be perfect, and yet I allowed myself to be flawed. Some of my most treasured relationships morphed from shared life circumstances into something deeper, such as a shared admiration for our growth through painful life events. Some friendships that I thought were close seemed to end, sometimes abruptly, over hurt feelings on one or both sides. Some of these relationships came to life again in altered form, one of acceptance of what is, who we both are, and a kindness towards our similarities as well as a mutual respect towards our differences. These renewed friendships are my most cherished because they signify huge growth within me. I discovered that many observations I have about others are, in fact, simply my perceptions and not facts. That reminds me of the last comment that we kind of, this idea that we think we know people just from peripherally maybe, but to give people a chance. And then she said one last thing that I actually echo something you said, and I think it's maybe our theme today. She said, the key to my finding more joy in life is directly proportionate to my ability to let go of expectations. Some days I'm better at it than others. It was that perfect. You couldn't, you didn't see that before, but it really might be the more important key than making closer friendships is this expectation about other people, about what's reasonable to expect in ourselves, time-wise, stage of life, all of that. Um, I'm going to wrap us up to the Better Friendship Goal of the Week, just, just for the sake of time. Okay. All right. So our better friendship goal of the week is for anyone who feels similarly to Ivy, to Jessica, and I've also been in that position. It just, I've been here a long time now, so I've gotten to the other side of it. But the goal this week is to start something that involves several friends at once. Perhaps this will be with acquaintances using some of Michelle's points last week with using Facebook. So it might even just be a Facebook post to get together one time to, like we suggested here, cook something, discuss one book, or it could be to do something longer, like Jessica suggested, like running a 5K. But either way, it will be for local people. This is not an internet event. This is something in person, 
local, but I'm going to give people one out. Your goal, if you're going to start something, I just, my goal is that I want you to be an initiator about something happening locally. I, I'm, I'm being really vague here because there's just so many ideas. If somebody's being extra COVID careful right now, they don't want to get together. Even if it's just going to be a group text because you have kids the same age and you guys want to collect books to donate to the school, let's say. That doesn't have to be something that you do as a constant meeting, but it could be a shared goal. And it could really just exist on this text where everybody individually collects books, but you're talking about it together as a group. Thanks for listening. And special thanks to my producer, Dave DeLugar. You can find all the show notes, a form to ask your own anonymous question to use in a future episode, and a link to my private Facebook group, Dear Nina, on my website, ninabadzen.com. If you have time to rate and review the podcast, or even better, tell a friend, that would be so great. And come back next week, because when our friendships are going well, we're happier all around. <music>